This is In the Trenches, Broadcast 43. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Nick Jennell, co-founder of I Find Property. Nick, how's it going? Yeah, hey, Tom. How are you? Good. Um, thanks for being on the show with us today. Uh, and let's just get right to it. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and I Find Property and how you got into that. Uh, sure, yeah. I am from New Zealand. Um, 33. I have lived in Japan for about uh, 10 years. I studied Japanese since I was 11 years old. I uh, speak fluent Japanese. And I was working in Japan in finance and IT services. And I just I got into property investing looking for a way to get out of a corporate grant or even just to retire early, really, just to speed it up. And so I bought a couple of rental properties through uh, I Find Property, funnily enough. And that was okay, but it was kind of slow. Again, it's, it's sort of a slow path out. And I'm just going to jump to a, a quote that stuck with me from the moment I first read it. was by a guy, I'm sure everyone's heard of him, called uh, uh, Robert Kawasaki. Ah, uh, Kiyosaki. That's how famous he is. Yeah, Kiyosaki. And he, uh, he said, like in investing, that the quickest way to build some wealth or, or whatever is to sell the investments. So be the guy marketing the investment. So I started looking around for ways to basically get to, to do properties and, and be on the sell side of that. And I got into a business called Property Ventures with a person I met. We built that up as a uh, service that provides investment properties, so rentals and, and you know, do-ups and projects to other people who want to invest but don't have time or expertise. We built that up to the point where I found property, who was sort of my first uh, contact with property investing at all, um, started stumbling across us in the marketplace, and they came knocking, and eventually that led to a merger. And that's how I got to it today. Cool. So take us a little bit through that process of, of starting your own then in, you know, investment company. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, what did you, where did you start? Sure. Uh, I mean, it was a gradual thing. We didn't sit down and say, hey, we want to create an agency. So just to simplify it for folks, we're a real estate agency. And a real estate agency or a broker essentially finds someone who wants to sell a property, someone wants to buy a property, and they make that transaction happen. And we didn't sit down at the start and say, oh, great, we're going to become a real estate agency for uh, real estate or investing. Investing. Uh, we At the start, what we were doing was buying properties ourselves, renovating them up, um, buying properties that would, be, would make a good rental, and then we would on-sell those to investors. And one thing I did when I joined was I had a little bit of IT background and I was part of Fizzle, who I, you know, you're part of Fizzle too. And, and I started learning a bit there about how to make a nice website, make a mailing list, et cetera. So we started get, building up a bit of a database. 
and we grew that for a while. Uh, and that was successful because the people, the people buying the properties off us were super appreciative. You know, they're getting something they want without having to put a whole lot of time into it. It just shows up in their inbox. And we were making a, a good income off of it. But it was a bit hard again because we had to buy all the properties ourselves and there's only so many. You know, real estate's not a cheap thing to go out and buy lots of, so we, we had limitations there as well. So that led us to look at other ways that we could help our rapidly growing database. And we moved into becoming uh, a broker. Sort of on started at almost one or two properties just to see how it worked and rapidly became our whole core business. So it wasn't really something that we sat down from day one. It was sort of, let's try this, this sort of works, it, but this is where it's hard. Then we looked for... I guess hit a fork in the road. If we want to grow up further, we have to change our business model a bit. And that's how we got to where we are today. Very cool. So what were some of the hardest things you had to work through when, you know, starting something like this from scratch or working with a partner? Working with a partner, I mean, it was it's a trust issue at the start because you're buying a property together. So you really have to make sure that, and this is buying real estate. If you screw it up, you're on the hook for lots of uh, money. So we, were, we did a lot of research making sure that we wanted to, we had to, sorry, uh, we did a lot of research to make sure that we were uh, at the right market point for, for the type of property, for the price of property, for the area, et cetera. So there was a little bit of slog and some hit and miss there in terms of we, we did we, we did research on dozens and dozens of potential investments and miss, missed them all, couldn't get them, et cetera. So that was a hard piece. Other hard stuff, to be honest, um, it's it's never really been a, a rocket ship type. You know, we didn't have this hockey stick moment where everything just suddenly turned into gravy, and we've never had any p- bits where it just really stopped. I guess the only, the other one, it just it just sort of ground along and gradually climbed up. The other hard piece, I guess, was when markets change. In, in investments when markets can change really, really fast. And so something you've been working towards for a long time uh, be, can become harder to do. And we found that with the buying of properties as well, even as we started to transfer into doing more broker deals as a broker, um, the it just became harder and harder for us to buy properties ourselves. So something that we were doing just to see how it worked we had to move into that sort of go all in in that direction uh, to keep it going as a business. That was pretty tough. Yeah. So tell me about, uh, I'm just kind of curious about this because I've done some investing sure. myself. Um, okay. Only United States. Uh, what are the rules yep. like in New Zealand? Um, and if you're familiar with how they differ from investing in the United States, like are there any particular hurdles or difficulties with investing in in New Zealand, um, and and actually, here's a random question: uh, How about as a foreigner as well? Okay, so in New Zealand hurdles, it's actually quite an easy country to invest in property, and in. there aren't any real restrictions on foreigner. I'll start with the foreign ownership question. There aren't huge restrictions. I do believe that if you want to buy a some ridiculously large property like a, a big farm that costs tens of millions of dollars or a massive commercial development or something that you need to apply for special permission other than or something that has some uh, natural con, you know conservation impact so 
you know, buy something adjacent to a beach, you have to commit to not ripping that up and putting in apartments. But for a, a standard rental anyone can purchase, hurdles uh, typically the, the deposits can be quite high. So you'll need to put in a 20 or 30% deposit. That makes it a bit difficult for folks, especially coming from offshore. There aren't a lot of restrictions around investment as opposed to just buying the property and living it yourself. Uh, certainly, I haven't come across any. Nowadays, there's a little bit of speculation happening in the market and uh, the government is looking at rules where uh, once you own more than, say, four or five rental properties, then your uh, what we would say the required deposit, total deposit you need to pay uh, increases for those. So folks can't just continue to add and add and add because it creates a house, house shortage for younger folks trying to buy their first homes. Gotcha. So now what are your plans in terms of, sorry, you know, that, I know that was kind of a side tangent, but you know, no in case anybody was curious, because uh, yeah. I always am. Um, so now tell me a little bit about where you guys are at right now and, and where you want to go. Like, you know, here's the thing. Uh, Robert yep. Kiyosaki read him, enjoys books, um, but it's also one of those, that quote that you gave me, it, it almost seems, um, um, I won't say hypocritical, but but slightly different because a big thing that he espouses is uh, investing and become an investor and passive yep. ca- passive cash flow. But now all of a sudden you're doing this actively. Yep. Um, you know, where's that fine line between if this is just now another job and and the investment piece of it? Yeah, I mean, personally, uh, I did actually exit the workflow once. I I did quite well when I started in property. And exited the workflow one, the workflow workforce. Sorry, I've lived in Japan so long, my English is terrible. And, you know, I got bored. Uh, I was doing some freelancing here in Japan and, and had some income and passive income. Was You can only do that so much. I, you know, played a few computer games, got sick of that. And so when I decided to climb back into property and build this business up, it was really like, okay, I need to create something around my life. I was 31 years old at the time, I believe. And so I'm not particularly worried about having another job. I actually quite like the work and actively doing something and hustling and being tired at the end of the day and that sort of thing because it's my business. It's not, you know, I've worked in banking, which was, you know, I'd, I'd get to the end of the day and I'd be tired and miserable. Now I'm sort of well, it's weird to say tired and energized because they counter, counter each other, but you know, a little bit excited about it. So for, to answer that question, I'm happy with the fact that it's not 100% passive and I have to work at this business to make it succeed. I was ready for that challenge. In terms of the direction where we want to go, uh, as a business, one direction we want to take it in is helping people who uh, – how can I explain this? So when when you're – working as an accountant or a lawyer, et cetera. And you'll typically go and sign up with a financial advisor to, to help you figure out how to set a plan from when, you're, when you go and talk to them to when you can retire and you buy stocks and bonds and invest money and save money, et cetera. And those folks like real estate. The financial advisors like real estate. It's a solid investment. It's typically an appreciating asset. It's you can leverage off it. So if you own a property, 
you can then go and borrow money to do other things based on that as as you deposit. So it's it's attractive to them, but for them to then go out to the market and help uh, get pro- properties like at a, at the same way that you get stocks and bonds, there's no investment property marketplace that just you can show up and say, I want 16 investment properties for these 16 clients of mine. It's not like a stock market. You have to, it's, it's a real uh, unwieldy sort of market, to, uh, sort of product to go out and source for customers. We want to take that pro- problem away from those folks by being the, the market maker is kind of a weird way to say it, but basically if, if you are a financial advisor or someone and you've got a client to come to us and we just take that problem away from you and we'll bring you a range of options for your customers. I'm not sure if I'm making a lot of sense here. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, it's, I'm just curious about that. Um, yeah. So in terms of then, you know, actually real quick, you, you, this is going to be a side tangent as well, but you mentioned Japan a couple of times. So did you, yeah. you lived in Japan for how long? I've been in Japan since 2003 and I did a year in 99 as an exchange student. Okay, cool. Um, are, you, are you living there right now? I am, which makes running a business out in New Zealand even more interesting. Oh, well, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. How do you go about that on a daily basis? Yeah, we use Skype a lot. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Skype and email. Uh, it's it's all about the team. Um, you know, and it is probably the, the one thing I find that for me, I get a little bit frustrated sometimes and, and that if I was on the ground, I'd be able to uh, dig in and, and take on a lot more. So I really try and find as many possible things in this business that I can do from here and take them all off my team's shoulders so they can focus on uh, items that only someone on the ground can take care of. So that's the reason I do marketing, uh, IT, operations, et cetera. Anything that doesn't require meeting with developers uh, or the actual transaction in the property, I try to take away from other folks. And then it's just a matter of making sure the team that I'm working with is strong and we've got some great people. Uh, so we've managed to make it not a not a huge limitation so far, um, but as we grow further, it's probably going to be a bit more of a struggle. Very cool. And um, so was that always your plan, like to, to work um, remotely, if you will, and, and to live in Japan? Uh, no. And I'm, I mean, I'm here now probably, to be honest. My wife is Japanese. We have a, a child, a three-year-old boy, and she runs a business too. She runs a, a music school. She's a gospel singer, funnily enough. Uh, gospel is big in Japan. So she runs probably the biggest gospel school in, in Japan. And that is definitely not a remote business. She needs to be here t- with her teachers and trainers and everything on a fairly regular basis. So I... Yeah, you know, I was working in finance, et cetera, and life was good. And, I, and, and me getting into this property business sort of threw a wrinkle in the works. Um, and now we just sort of have this interesting life where I trek up and down, you know, a few times a year to try and keep things going. And and our kid, I don't know what, what the kid, how the kid's going to turn out. I think he's just having an interesting time of it. But no, it definitely wasn't in the plan. It's sort of been an adapt to thing, as, adapt to life as it comes up type of experience. Hardest thing that you have to do as somebody who works remotely? Uh, I have to critique performance of folks when I'm not there with them, backing them up in the trenches. 
So I'm holding people accountable for results when I'm not actually doing that same type of work and I can't do that same type of work because I'm far away. So trying to be really diplomatic around that because we just have, we have to achieve certain things uh, while at the same time feeling you know, a little bit limited because I'm far away. The other piece, you know, the flip side of the remote thing is when I am down there, I miss my family terribly. So that's, sorry, that's two answers, but um, yeah, definitely the, the first piece of how to hold folks accountable when they're in the trenches and you're far away. Um, it has been a struggle. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can, I can definitely understand that. Cool. Well, um, you know, we're, we're coming to the time right now. Okay. So I suppose the last thing I'd like to do is, is give the floor over to you and, and let you tell people where they can reach out to connect with you in, in case they want to. Um, sure. Obviously, maybe if they want to do some investing or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, how do people reach out and connect with you, Nick? Uh, yep. My uh, Nick at ifindproperty.co.nz is probably the easiest. That's my email. Uh, we are a, a, a property you know, real estate agency for investors who want to move towards retirement a little bit faster than normal, create some financial security, but don't quite have the time, effort, or oh, sorry, effort, uh, time, um, experience, or some kind of resources at, at this point. And yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch, happy to speak with folks. I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship. So if anyone has questions about how they could perhaps find a, a similar situation where you partner up with um, people with dis- dis- different skills and, and build something together that wouldn't have happened otherwise. I'm always happy to talk about that stuff. Awesome. Great stuff, Nick. Well, thank you so much for being on In the Trenches. It was great having you. Hey, no problem. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you're interested in checking out the show notes, just head over to tomworkers.com slash podcast to see our latest episodes. Also, I just wanted to give a quick update to fans and listeners of In the Trenches and specifically what I'm working on right now. For the past two years, I've been publishing books, my own and others, through Insurgent Publishing, my boutique publishing company. In the past six months alone, I've helped four individual authors launch their books to bestseller on Amazon, including Dan Norris's The Seven Day Startup and David Nihil's Do You Talk Funny, among others. And both of those books are still top of the charts months after launch. I've learned two important things from all this. Number one, that people still read books. And believe it or not, they're willing to pay for the good ones. And number two, the $60 billion book industry is only getting bigger and the barrier to entry is only getting lower, which means access to this market has never been closer to the average writer, blogger, or author. It is literally within the grasp of anyone who wants it. But you need to know how to approach it the right way, with patience, with a strategy, and with the right implementation and execution. That's why I've been able to launch so many bestsellers, many that are still top of the charts, because we brought great books to the people who wanted and would pay for them. No slimy sales tactics, just honest, powerful marketing. Now, I want to show other authors and publishers how to do the same. Four months ago, I launched the pre-beta to a new super-secret platform called Publishers Empire. In that time, I've helped a dozen authors and publishers start to bring their ideas to life, 
And with their help and feedback, we've quickly developed what is, in my opinion, the best, most comprehensive publishing training platform in the world. And now I'm getting ready to open the doors up to a few more students. So if you're interested in being part of a tight-knit family of publishers who help and support one another through their writing and publishing projects, if you want access to over 100 HT training videos to take you through the writing and publishing process, if you want access to proven copy and paste book marketing and sales copy, stuff that we've used to launch bestsellers, and if you'd like professional book covers and templates you could plug your own work into and look like a pro in minutes, and if you'd like all of that while getting the chance to be mentored by me, check out PublishersEmpire.com and sign up to be notified when we launch. That's www.publishersempire.com. I hope to see you there. As always, this is Tom Morcus. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorcus.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.